Mr. Nice Guy party accessories. Well, did you get my message? Who is this? This is Samson, smarty pants. Operated with an emergency braces on your sister. Samson is here. Mama Phillips, shut up, bitch. You tell Mr. Nice Guy to get his Jamaican ass over to my place at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Now, you don't want me to get up. No, sir. Yeah. All right, I'll tell him. After you kill Crazy Kane, a few of his boys killed you. I guess you didn't make it. No, no, I hear this. No, what the fuck you trying to say, damn motherfucker? Very motherfucker bullshit. If we did, then what the fuck we doing in a funeral home with your crazy ass? Huh? Yes. for y'all niggas, man, but, um, yeah, bruh, um, yeah, man, if, for those that have been under a rock, we, uh, lost one of our most underrated actors in history, um, yesterday, um, rest in peace to Clarence Williams III, man, he, uh, passed away at the age of 84 from colon cancer, and, um, in my parents' generation, he was known for Mod Squad, 
and uh, Purple Rain. But for me, my first glimpse of Clarence Williams III was um, Sugar Hill. He played the father. Um, man, that nigga should have got a, a fucking best supporting actor nod for that. Not necessarily Wesley Snipes and Michael Wright. I mean, Michael Wright was good, too, but he wasn't uh, Oscar-worthy like Clarence Williams III was. But Sugar Hill, man, when that motherfucker took that head run to the arm and was like, dog. Like, a lot of his parts in movies, like, are some of the most talked about. Like, um, and of course, the second time I seen him was in Tales from the Hood. That was what one of the excerpts was. Tales from the Hood, he was, like, telling the stories to these three uh, young gangbangers about, you know, how certain people ended up in the casket. Tales from the Hood is a classic. Then, of course, my favorite role that Clarence Williams III played in was Samson in Half-Baked. Shut up, bitch! Yo, it killed me not to fucking bust out laughing. Because every time I see that, I just die laughing. Just completely die. Um, Dog. He was in life. You know, he was the dude that got killed. Got his watch took from him and shit. Oh, yeah, he got killed, you know, and he stole Eddie Murphy's watch. Yeah, man, I, that part was crazy. Let's see what else was he in. Of course, he played the father in Purple Rain. Oh, my God. He was ugh, he was a dickhead in that movie, bro. <laughs> he was so mean to Prince, bruh. But um, rest in peace to Clarence Williams III. We're going to miss him for sure. And we ain't forgot how dope of an actor he was either. Um, man, where do I start here? So many things to talk about today. I mean, you know, this is King Known Uncensored. Second round predictions. And a lot went down. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about Magic Johnson destroying Dennis Schroeder. This dude basically said that he doesn't want Dennis Schroeder back on the team next year. He said that he, although if he does stay, he will still root for Schroeder, but he doesn't fit the Laker way. When you got a five-time NBA champion and the face of the Lakers franchise saying that you're not good enough, Dennis Schroeder ass is grass. Now, me and my grandmother was having a conversation about that. She came across an article and wanted clarification about it. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, damn. He did kind of, um, I mean, my thing is, Dennis Schroeder only had one bad game in the playoffs. He still averaged 14 points per game. You know, despite having two guys on the team that could get you 30 a night. And he did turn out a couple of those games versus the Suns. He did pretty decent in the series, but it's deeper than the playoff performance. Because Dennis Schroeder came to the team with the wrong energy. He had told the Los Angeles Lakers that 
I'm not coming here or I'm not signing an extension unless I start. They granted you the starting job. But you didn't perform well to expectations. And then the Lakers also threw him four years and $84 million. And he said that wasn't good enough. And he said he wanted $100 million. The only $100 million player that doesn't average 14 points per game is Draymond Green. That's it. And Schroeder really thinks he's worth that money. That motherfucker ain't worth 50 cent. Talking about 100 million. Shout out to Magic, though. Staying on the Lakers, the Lakers need to stop pursuing Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is not going to be a Laker. Y'all not need to let that dream go. You also need to let that dream go that Steph Curry is going to join the Lakers. More than likely, I think LeBron might go back to Miami. Just a prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Miami because the East, I don't know. I'm not going to say the East is weak. The East got a little bit better. And that'd be interesting to see LeBron go against Kyrie and Kevin Durant in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs. That'd be fun. That'd be good for the league. But you know what's crazy? The Lakers really let the baby Lakers go to get one championship that really <clears throat> wasn't an authentic championship because obviously that got exposed last week. That's crazy, bro. But yeah, Lakers, stop dreaming, bro. Stop dreaming. Y'all got a better chance at, at, at a better crack at uh, getting Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum. Those are better fits. Well, I watched the Mayweather fight yesterday. Um, it was all right, but Logan Paul held his own. But Floyd Mayweather is just, he's just the greatest boxer of our generation. And it's not even close anymore. I mean, I think Floyd's the top five um, boxer of all time. Now, where I rank him is... Oof. I mean, like I said, I like Ali and Tyson over Floyd, but that's those probably are the only two that I would put above Floyd. And that's only because Tyson and Ali fought top tier competition. I mean, Floyd fought all the best niggas in his generation, I guess. But those dudes weren't on the level of the niggas that Tyson and um, Ali fought. That's my only gripe. But other than that, the fight was kind of interesting. I actually liked all the undercard fights. I mean, Chad Johnson even got in the ring and fought. He got knocked down, though, but he didn't get knocked out. <laughs> like Nate Robinson did. <laughs> Poor little Nate, man. <laughs> Jason Kidd says no to the Portland Trailblazers because he doesn't want to make it an awkward situation for the franchise. Because Kidd is looking at it like, what if I don't perform well? What if we don't get along? You know? 
What if something goes wrong? Man. That's tough. So does that mean that Dame stays or Dame goes? That's going to be a rough decision. Because I feel like Damian Lillard should stay one more year and let Portland put together a better team around him. Even if that means trading the entire team. I wouldn't trade Carmelo and Anthony Simons, but I'd trade everybody else. Maybe I'll come back next show with um, some trade... Uh, you know, some trade machine boys for the Blazers, man, because I really want Damian Lillard to win a ring. I want one of my favorite players to win a championship. Definitely is deserving of it. All right, let's move on to the Clippers. Kawhi handles his business. Despite Luka Doncic dropping 46 and 14, this nigga is cold-blooded. Although I don't I don't put him in the top five. He's definitely top ten. Like Lucas Doncic is a man possessed, I tell you. And the Clippers actually followed directions almost. But I just think that you know Kawhi just locked in. You know, the whole Clippers team locked in yesterday. I mean, the thing was, um my thoughts were to Um, let Luca go and shut down the other role players, but the other role players shot good from the field too. I mean, look at Dorian Finney-Smith, seven of 13, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Christos Przingis had a great game. A lot of people was clowning him on Twitter, calling him the real pandemic P and he didn't do that bad. I mean, he had 16 points, 11 rebounds on six of 12 shooting. He was over five from three. I think that's what people were upset about that Przingis would rather be a 7-3 point guard than a 7-3 power forward. Boban had 14 points and 10 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting. Tim Hardaway Jr., despite having a foot injury, played the rest of the game. He only shot 5 of 14. Luka was 17 of 30, y'all. 5 of 11 from 3. That is incredible. 14 assists, too? Oh, my God. God, Luca, Luca, future is bright. They just got to put a better team around him. And I think that Dallas could be a championship contender one day. But Kawhi Leonard had 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists on 10 of 15 shooting. Kawhi Leonard has been shooting incredible this series. I bet you he's shooting over 50%, maybe 55. Marcus Morris stepped up. It was seven niggas in double figures on the Clippers. Like, Tyron Lue finally went into that bench, and he got contributions from a lot. Um, Marcus Morris had 23 points. Nicholas Batum had 11 points. Paul George had 22 points and, and 10 assists. Playoff P, despite shooting 5 of 15 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3. Playoff P showed up. Reggie Jackson had 15 points. Terrence Mann had 13 points. Luke Kennard had 11 points off the bench. 
So shout out to the Clippers. I mean, round one, round two has already begun. Begun. But before we get to round two, I'm gonna make my round two predictions, y'all. get that playoff bracket up here see this is why I like looking at shit on my phone but anyway man Let's talk Jazz versus Clippers. Oh, this is a rough, this is going to be a rough series. (sighs) Making this choice is going to be so tough. So tough. Because the Jazz are a really good team. And so are the Clippers. I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, Yeah, y'all putting me on the spot with this, this choice here. But... I am going to glow. I'm going to go with the LA Clippers in seven games. Oh, that was a rough choice. Oh, man, that's tough. Because, you know, I actually believe that the Jazz can win this series. And this series. But yes, I'm picking the Clippers in seven games. But. If Utah wins, I can be okay with losing that. Because that series is going either way. This, the matchups are crazy. You know, you got Donovan Mitchell against Paul George again. Oh, Lord. You remember the last time these two met up. Donovan Mitchell torched Russell Westbrook and Paul George in that series. That was a really ugly series, by the way. When the Jazz beat the OKC Thunder that year, when they had Melo on the team, that was crazy. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that could check Paul uh, Paul George on that team. Or can check Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's gonna, it's going to be what's going to put, put them over the top. Donovan Mitchell could score 50 points a game. And I don't think it would be enough. The Clippers... Uh, The Jazz have better role players than the Clippers. That could make the series closer. You know, they have Royce O'Neal. They have Gorgis Niang. They have um, Mike Conley. They have Bohan Bogdanovich. They have um, Gobert. They have, um, you know, Mitchell has a better supporting cast than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard does. But I believe that if the Clippers role players show up in this series, it's going to be harder for Utah to win it. So I got the Clippers in seven. Um, Let's move on here. The Suns and the Nuggets. Ooh, it's going to be a good series. But I got the Phoenix Suns. I got Phoenix. I know, I know, I know. Don't trust Chris Paul. I get it. But the Nuggets do not have their be- their their best playoff player. 
I mean, I love Michael Porter Jr., and I think he's going to have a really big series. It's going to be hard to stop him. But am I thinking fool's gold? A lot of people are picking the nuggets. Not understand. But you got to go with the person that upset the defending champs. I got to go with Phoenix. Phoenix Suns in six games. Aiton versus Joker is going to be a very good series. Joker says that Aiton has given him the most problems this season, so we'll see when it matters whether Aiton steps up. But I actually am going to pick Phoenix in six games, though. All right. The Hawks and the Sixers. Um, I got two different predictions. So, if Embiid misses more than two games, I got the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games. If Embiid plays more than two games, I got the Sixers in six because obviously it's not going to be a sweep because the Philadelphia 76ers ended up beating the Atlanta Hawks the other day. They ended up beating them 128 to 124. I straight a game. This man is becoming a superstar before our eyes in these playoffs. Ice Trey had 35 points and 10 assists. John Collins had 21 points. Clint Capella had 11 points and 10 rebounds. Bob Don Bogdanovich, 21 points. Five niggas in double figures. Kevin Herter, 15 points. OMB did play. My bad. And they still lost. That's crazy. Didn't know Embiid played. But I'm still picking Philly. In six games if Embiid is healthy. I underestimated the Hawks a lot. But this young team is hungry. I didn't know JoJo played and scored 39 fucking points. And they still lost. What the hell? Because I didn't watch this game. I admit it. I didn't watch the Sixers game. I did watch uh, the second half of the Clippers game, though. I did catch that second half. But, yeah. Tobias Harris had 20 points and 10 rebounds. Seth Curry, 21 points. Ben Simmons, 17 points and 10 rebounds. Wow. It seems like both teams showed up. It's just that Atlanta won. Wow. And they beat them in Philly. Atlanta seems to be one of the better road teams in in these playoffs right here. Saturday, a game that I did watch. Brooklyn versus Milwaukee, and within the first 16 seconds, James Harden went down with a hamstring injury, and it's been the same one that's been bothering him the whole season. 
And we don't, and, and James Harden is supposed to be out for game two. But it didn't make a difference because the Brooklyn Nets still beat them. They still beat them 115 to 107. Just a fucked up reality for Milwaukee. For the Nets to not have Harden. And they still whooped him. Giannis was struggling. Well, Giannis wasn't struggling, struggling, I guess. But Giannis just couldn't take it up to the next gear. Despite having 34 points and 11 rebounds. But Middleton was the odd man out this game. He shot horrible. He... He did have 13 points and 13 rebounds, but he shot 6 of 23. That's unacceptable. Brooke Lopez shouldn't have more points than you, my guy. Then also, Brent Forbes, usually who is hot from the field, shot 2 of 8. I'm not trying to deflect the blame off of Giannis because they still lost at the end of the day. Despite Giannis have, having 16 to 24, but the Brooklyn Nets stuck to the right plan. Let Giannis go and make the other guys beat you. The best player in the world, Kevin Durant, had 29 points and 10 rebounds, 12 of 25 from the field. Light work. Joe Harris, I saw him shooting those boys down. Shut him down. Shut him, shut him down. Yeah, he was shooting them boys down. Kyrie Irving, 11 of 26, 25 points. Blake Griffin, fake Griffin, had 18 points and 14 rebounds. He was huge in this game, but fuck him for personal reasons. But he did have a good game, so I have to give him credit, even if I don't like it. Actually, Harden went down in the first 43 seconds. My bad. And Mike James, the G League god, comes in and uh, puts up 12 points and 7 rebounds. But let's get it, let's let's move on to Lloyd Banks. The course of the inevitable. Oh my god. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to throw the C word around, but it has the makings of a C word. I think the album is so personal and it touched me. I think that the course of the inevitable album touched me in a special place because this album was just about paranoia, emotions, um, friends turning their back on you and um, dealing with the effects of death in the family, dealing with the effects of, you know, because Lloyd Banks hasn't released an album in um, 11 years. Not since The Hunger for More 2, which was a pretty good album. It wasn't a classic, but it was pretty good. But The Course of the Inevitable, the the display of lyricism on this project is also impressive. I mean, we know Lloyd Banks can rap his ass off, but just hearing lyrics and rap again, you know, because most of rap is just turn up, booty shaking, Zans. Kill a nigga, shoot a nigga, pop Z, pop perk, pop this, pop that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm choked up right now. <laughs> but that's what rap is right now. Kill a nigga, shoot a nigga, pop, say pop, perk, pop, this, pop, that. Smoke this, lean that, sip this. <laughs> but it's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear bars. And it's refreshing to hear substance. And Lloyd Banks really brought that to the table. My favorite track on there is Crown. The joint with Gibbs, fire. The joint with Benny, fire. Paranoia. The the track, uh, pain, pressure, and paranoia. And commitment. Those are real tracks. The track with Ransom was great. Like, it did have kind of a slow start, but it picked up after, it picked up after Crown. Let's move on to Lil Dirk and Lil Baby, and then I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Uh, the voice of the heroes, man. Let me tell you something. This was a shocker for me, because I didn't think this would be that good. But damn it, it's that fucking good. And Lil Baby, like Lil Dirk did fine, but Lil Baby had some lines on this album that had me like, whoa, this dude, this this project finally convinced me to put Lil Baby in my top five. I truly believe now that Lil Baby is a top five rapper in the game, like right now. Because I have my choices, obviously, I have Cole in there. I got Benny the Butcher. I got Conway the Machine. And then I have Little Baby somewhere in the atmosphere. And then I got Gangsta Gibbs. I got Freddie Gibbs in there in my top five right now. Yeah, so Cole. Conway the... uh, Cole, J. Cole, Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, Freddie Gibbs, and Little Baby. That's, That's my top five right now. But yeah, bruh, this man was spitting. That boy said, I know how it feel when you have someone you love that's been ran through. Like, baby was saying the line and I was catching that bitch. I'm like, damn, maybe this, this, this nigga, this nigga improved. I mean, yeah, it's not like little baby ain't said some cold shit before, but no, nah, man, I'm talking about lines that will will impress me. And y'all know how I am. I'm not easily impressed, but I'm impressed by this whole project. The joint with Meek Mill, crazy. Joint with Travis, crazy. How it feels, obviously. That's my favorite track on here. Rich Off Pain with Rod Wave was surprising because I'm not a Rod Wave fan. But that song was great. Twenty forty, I think that's a single for sure. But yeah, bro, I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. I'm over thirty minutes. I'm over my mark. This is King Known Uncensored. Second round predictions, and I am out of here. Ooh, I'm out of here.